0: Welcome to the Narfum Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig.
1: Hello, and welcome to the NARPM Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. Today, we have Justin Clements, who is a co-founder of several businesses and former NCAA Division I football player. I think he was a linebacker. His latest venture is a SaaS-based company called PestShare, which is aimed at the mutual benefit of residents, owners, and property managers by providing access to professional pest control, ancillary revenue, and asset protection thereby enhancing experience and increasing confidence among all parties. Really looking forward to speaking to Justin. We will be talking to Justin really more on what are some of the lessons he learned by being a Division I athlete that he's translated into business and then a lot about team. So we're not going to be talking a lot about pest control with Justin. So for those of you who think that this is a pest control podcast I don't know if that's a it's not pest control and we're gonna actually get some some high level stuff or you're like dang I want to know all about pest control which will take me to my hot topic hot topic of the day so my hot topic well let's talk a little bit about pest control since I got the pest control guy here and so what are some of the best practices in dealing with with pest control and so providing the pest control service during the turn is probably the best uh, the best time to do to do pest control, right? So after the make ready is done, you do you do your pest control prior to the cleaning, and now you know that the that the property has been has been serviced for for pests. Another best practice would be adding it to your resident benefit package, and that's exactly what what PestShare does. They work with the with the Second Nature Group Second Nature team, and they build that resident benefit package, and it's in your resident benefit package, and so that means that your residents pay, you know, a, a monthly fee. And because of that fee, they get free, quote unquote, free pest service on a quarterly basis. And so that's really, that's a really nice amenity for your residents to have. I'm a big fan of the first 30 days. The landlord is kind of responsible for pest service, especially if you did not do pest service at the property. And then after that, it kind of falls on the resident so if you don't have the in your resident benefit package, then, you know, typically it's the resident that handles pests. Now, there are some exceptions, right? So, for example, if you have like a duplex or a fourplex or people share a wall, a lot of times it could be the neighbor that's causing the pest to come. And, and so that becomes a decision that you need to make, a business decision that you, that you need to make. I know in apartments, typically it's the owner that handles the pest service for the apartment complex rodents are not pests right and so the rodents are typically responsible for the owner so what do you mean by rodents pete well we had a couple of situations where you know it gets believe it or not it it does get cold in texas every once in a while and if there are kind of entryways or holes in the in the uh, house that rodents could get into well, the, the rodent control, pest control service will go get the rodents out and then they have to fill up those those holes or you have to get I, I honestly you actually have to get your make ready guys to like literally go out there and, and, and patch the holes and all the entryways that the that the rodents can get into. And that has nothing to do with, with the with the resident. That has to do with the owner. So the owner typically will handle anything that has to do with preventing rodents from getting into into the property. There are also times when we had Bats on property or bees on property or, you know, I mean, we've had bees in, on properties and, and, you know, you can't, can't just kill them. You actually have to get them removed because they're a, a special breed, so to speak. So, you know, there's lots of different types of quote unquote rodents or pests that you just can't, you just can't kill because they might be, you know, an endangered species or they, or they might have to be re- rehomed, if, if you will. The nice thing about what what Pest Share does with the resident benefit packet is, when they go out and do the pest the pest control, I believe they also do like a high level termite inspection. So if you're gonna do if you're not on the resident benefit package, and you have uh, you know you have a policy that you're gonna do you can do pest pest control at least at the at the make ready, you should actually do a, a termite inspection. Right? The challenge is with with residents if you if you don't do any kind of pest control and send the guy out there, the resident will never tell you if there's term, like most residents will never tell you that there's termite damage. And so you want to actually go out there, and especially if you're in an area where there's a lot of termites, you want to go out there, you know, once a year, twice, once every other year, just to just do a high level. And a lot of guys will do it for free or as part of their pest service and then give you a report. And if you have to, if you have to pay for it, typically, you know, that would be something that the, the owner would, would pay for. And so, those are just some best practices and how to handle those those nasty pests that we all that we all love dealing with. So, we're going to be right back after this commercial and then we'll talk to our buddy Justin. We'll be right back.
2: Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today.
3: Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, YourRIS.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S dot Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance.
1: Welcome back, everybody. As promised, I have my good buddy, Justin Clement here. Justin is the COO of PestShare. So Justin, thank you so much for being here today.
3: Yeah, thanks Pete. Appreciate you having me.
1: All right, man. So I know most people at Narpm know what PestShare is, but for the, for those folks that are listening that really don't know what PestShare is just yet, can you give us a little bit of overview of what PestShare is and how does it help property managers?
3: You bet. Yeah. Well, Pescher first and foremost is a SaaS company. Ultimately, so we're kind of in in the formulation of technology, and we kind of ultimately believe that technology can be used to really improve the property managers, you know, various forms of operations. And so, one way that it does that ultimately is is by establishing itself as a, an amenity for their residents within any given PMC. And so. We essentially offer an amenity item to give affordable access to pest control and requesting various forms of pest control professionally to those residents. So that way, the property manager doesn't necessarily have to take all of those pest control inquiries. It kind of streamlines part of their operation. And then as an added benefit, it gives them an opportunity to collect on ancillary revenue by building in a margin. Within the other amenities that are within their benefits package, so that's so, kind of ultimately how we how we operate.
1: but it doesn't have to be in a benefits package, correct? Like I can have pest share Not- without a benefits package, and then the resident would basically go right. online and just fill out and say i need I need pest control." Is that basically how it works? Yeah. absolutely.
3: So we have a proprietary software, and this is kind of where the technology comes into play is that every resident has access to that, so anytime that they need to request a professional pest control service, they utilize our software platform to go on, identify the pest, request that pest control, and then we essentially use our service network to execute that service. And so to, to your point, they don't have to be, you know, we we have many customers who use us as a standalone amenity within their benefits as an offering to their residents or as a simple line item within a number of other amenities that they include.
1: And you guys partnered with Second Nature to be part of their resident benefit package. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, that's actually a recent execution that we've just finalized. We just engaged in a channel partnership with Second Nature. That was just, you know... Within the last I would say last thirty days that we we finalized that, so it's an exciting new opportunity for both parties, and we believe that uh, with both of our engagement, we're going to be able to provide property management companies, residents, their owners alike in in the mutual benefit all across the board. so it's an exciting thing.
1: That is, that's awesome. And we're recording this. It's early April. You might be listening to this too a little bit later on. But so basically, about about February March timeframe, you guys solidified that deal. So you heard it here first, folks. But you actually may not have because we may not have heard this until July. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, so- I don't,
3: I don't know actually just just yet if we've even released it, but. But by this time, the time that this airs, it'll definitely be the case. So. That's
1: that's amazing. So most people who know about Peshire, they know that you guys, you're branded orange, that's your color. And like a couple of years ago, you st- all of a sudden I started seeing all these people with orange, like tennis shoes or orange uh, running shoes. Like what was that? What was behind that? Like, first of all, from a from a company perspective, I think it's genius, by the way. I think it's a genius branding. You guys always sure. have tons of shoes at your booth now, and you, all your clients are wearing them. And mm-hmm. I think it's amazing. How, who came up with it? How'd that come to fruition? What's the story behind the orange shoes?
3: Yeah, well, actually, that's a great, interesting story. Just like many of our, our you know, of much of our company vision, you know, both myself and and co-founders, landed and Tom, you know, the, the beauty of our collaboration has has wielded a lot of unique things and the Orange Shoe movement is one of those. And so as such, we, we really kind of believe in, you know, creating positive change. And I think that is one of the most effective things that have come from the Orange Shoe movement as well as creating that positive change, whether it be for the health of the property manager or for simply just the recognition. I mean, granted, it's added benefit to our brand recognition, but one of the the intents behind that is our ability to, you know create that movement within kind of just the, the overall improvement within the, the, the industry itself. So we we always want to be moving forward and never backwards. And so I think with the orange shoes in particular, obviously orange is our color and you know, we're loud and proud about it, but at the same time, I think that really it's about connecting everybody involved, and which is really a lot of what, within the NARP of space especially, collaboration, connection, being able to, to really kind of come together and be united, especially, I would say, not to get, you know, political or anything, but really we have a lot of divisiveness in, in the world today, and I think that this is kind of one thing that we really believe in. Is just opportunity for all, inclusion and in all, and and that's kind of one thing that that we believe in is giving back to you know the community and and so Pest Share as an orange shoe movement can utilize our orange shoes to create positive change in any form or fashion. So, so yeah.
1: did it happen by mistake though? Like is it like one day somebody's wearing orange shoes? And you're like, oh, that's cool. Or was it like you your know, marketing obviously... team's like, hey, I got this great idea. <laughs> orange yeah. shoes like who's like <laughs> you know, I, i'd love
3: to take credit for that but to be honest with you tom was the one that really he came to one of our conferences he's like you know what second nature has got their purple jackets we need something we need our identifier and our identifier for for him was those orange shoes and we actually he or so he ordered some orange shoes and and he wore those to you know the first conference and then it started to you know he got a lot of compliments on it and uh and I, I personally, I'd have to admit, I was pretty resistant to it at first. And I was like, you know what? I, you know, I just don't know about those things. And <laughs> yeah. I, cause I, I'm not super flashy. So I don't like, you know, I, I don't want to stick out, but, but you know what? It's, it was, it was. Well, now really I was stick really
1: out so. cause I wear regular shoes and everybody in the conference has orange shoes. So I'm <laughs> yeah, like the only one without even, orange yeah. shoes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: exactly. Well, you know, and, and so like that was kind of one of the things that we ended up you know we we caught on with it and and really started to collaborate as to you know what we could put behind it as far as like message and and you know uh, other opportunities whatnot for us as a company as a community whatever but but that's really kind of where it started it, it i would say that in all things happenstance kind of went
0: came it about just by kind just kind of snowballed it, it from there to snowball. yeah. yeah exactly well i think it's so, a
1: brilliant marketing ploy and i believe that you know now you have all these clients that are wearing it. They every Narpram conference I see more and more orange shoes, and it really kudos to you guys. You really got something great there. So let's pivot off of orange you. shoes and let's talk a little bit. So you have two other co-founders. So there's three of y'all. You're the uh, COO, Chief Operating Officer. When you guys are forming a company, how did you determine, you know, who sits in what seat?
3: That's a great question. Uh, the, really, the the way that we kind of do most things in general is really just natural and organic. And I think that kind of speaks to the way that we really operate in the function as a core leadership as well, you know, with, with all of us as co-founders. And, and, and it really kind of extends to you know, everyone, you know, in in every company is everybody has naturally strong suits and, and, and weaknesses. And, and we really try to embrace all of those, you know, the good and the bad, and the ugly. And, and that kind of is, has been the magic to our co-founding group is that we all really cling to our strengths and we try to highlight those and we respect those. And, and we're really one of the big things that we, that we believe is that there is really no room for ego, yeah, especially in leadership. And so, we we as a core group ultimately a founding founding group, we kind of take this as a collaborative opportunity where where though we essentially develop the vision together, we essentially execute in different fashions. And that execution is has to do with kind of where we decided that our, our kind of core functions as what we can provide as value to the company kind of lie. I would say, you know, one thing about myself, I tend to be, you know, very detail oriented. I tend to enjoy, you know, connecting groups and and being able to, you know, kind of put all the pieces of the puzzle together. And that's kind of something that I naturally enjoy. Tom is a a natural salesman, has been all his life, and and he actually, you know, as a CRO, he ultimately does it better than anybody else as as opportunities and revenue generation, new and old. You know he is extremely personable and and the same thing with Landon. landon is is a networker by heart and you know he really kind of holds that that as a his ceo title as a function of what he does best and i think that that's kind of how we all tend to approach this so you know neither neither one of us really you know see very many uh or very many differences amongst it we really kind of see ourselves as one. And and I think that's really been a key to a lot of our success, whether it be in, in other ventures or this one, especially.
1: When you guys were sitting down, did you build an org chart or for the whole company? Or did you build an org chart for what the company looked like at the time or or kind of what the vision was? How'd that work out?
3: Yeah. So we actually started out with building that that vision, ultimately that we you know that we started to run with early Did on Did you ever think it'd be a SaaS company
1: when you first started?
3: You know, honestly, we 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 didn't necessarily <laughs> we thought that we we always we always envisioned the opportunity. Our vision or our early vision is not necessarily what it is today and that vision continues to evolve and, you know, for the better and that's kind of one of the exciting things about creating a vision and creating an org chart is that Vision tends to be small, and that org chart is even smaller early stage and and it continues to grow and develop as time goes on and and we constantly go back to it and we constantly are are updating and improving upon it and that's kind of one of the things that we we really I- enjoy seeing is the the growth and the potential that we see and we're always kind of looking one step ahead of of you know what we think is possible we're always trying to push you know one step beyond so
1: So Tom is a visionary. You're an integrator. If you're into EOS, and I know a lot of people in NARPM are, when you were building the org chart versus Tom, Tom wanted to make it much bigger. You wanted to make it smaller. Is that, did that seem, does that sound about right?
3: No, You know, I would say, honestly, we really, all three of us really hold that, you know, kind of that vision. I'd say that's really what was the beauty of our collaboration is, is the fact that we, we all, in some fashion, are visionaries, and and again, by by the EOS fashion, I'd say though we all, you know, really kind of hold that vision or collaborate to that vision. Landon, I would say, really kind of holds that visionary title, if you right. will, as it as it uh, stands with EOS, and and we we kind of co-create that vision and we co-execute that vision as well. And so as we've developed it at the company. Each of our strong suits have started to kind of continue to, to develop, and and we start to execute that vision on an evolutionary standpoint. And so we kind of really continue to tweak, and and that and that changes, you know, day by day, month by month. And so,
1: so um, if if somebody yeah, is, wait. yeah, if somebody's listening to this, you know, what are some takeaways that you would tell them about like how often they should re- look at their vision to. You know, like should they look at it yearly? Should they should they think much bigger? Do they, is it is there some value in thinking smaller? So what what would you what would you tell somebody who's maybe just starting out, maybe have 50, 50 or sixty units that under management uh, about setting their vision? Is it important? Is it not? Like what what would you what, what would you what would you counsel somebody on on that?
3: Yeah, I, I guess my best counsel would be it is the most important of anything. The vision is is where, you know, everything stems from. It's it's what trickles down and trickles up. And it is probably the most important aspect to any company is having a vision. Because without a vision, it's it's very much kind of the same adage of a boat without sails, you know, has no destination. And that's kind of ultimately how how we you know, see that with any organization, you have to have a vision before you can
1: execute anything. So you build so, a vision I think, and from the vision, mm-hmm. you build your strategy and your plan.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. And so uh, what, what we really like to do is we like to kind of work backwards from that. So we build our vision and we build it, however grandiose it may seem. And then we start to, to work backwards from that. And I'd say, as far as the revision goes, we really believe in reviewing that on a quarterly basis at minimum you review the vision that's, quarterly
1: okay that's, absolutely okay.
3: well especially with and i would say one of the things too that you know is somewhat relevant and and dependent on your type of business is your scaling methods because when you're scaling at a certain pace or a, your vision entails a certain scaling pace then or various growth trend you need to to continually revise and review that vision more often and that way you can course correct where necessary. And early and often is kind of ultimately how we we really approach that because number one, not only does it allow us to kind of maintain vision in the perspective, especially when, when you're growing at any significant pace, ultimately, you can very easily get caught into, you know, What may seem important and urgent, but it really distracts you in the day-to-day from that larger vision. So being able to kind of step back and forcibly renew yourself to that vision allows you to gain that perspective again. And I think that's what's important in reviewing it early and often so that you can maintain, you know, if you are, your day-to-day has been taking you elsewhere that doesn't adhere to the vision, you can easily course correct.
1: Do you adhere to the traction book as well as like, so you set your vision and then do you set your org chart for what, you know, the vision is whatever the company's finished. Do you build the org chart for that as well? And then kind of review that quarterly as well?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do the same, you know, again, kind of following that true EOS model and, and we've made our certain, you know, revisions off of that as well. And, and we've tailored it and I've, I believe kind of, you know, tailoring it to your organization, to your core values, it's also important because not every, you know, business is, you know, as far as like the way you operate the business, not every person is going to be the same. So, so it's really like what our belief ultimately is, is it's meant to be a, a guiding principle. And, and for some starting out, it's an extremely uh, great way for you to be able to build that, whether that be to the letter, as described in EOS or whether you start to, uh, to create your own functions outside of that and deviations. But, uh, but that's kind of ultimately how we take that approach is we adapt it to, you know, how we see that vision continuing to grow. And so by, by nature, we like to, to adapt and innovate off of that.
1: So, all right, I'm going to pivot here. You were a division one college athlete. Would you play again? Was it football?
3: A long time ago, yes. Yeah, uh, I played football, actually. I was a strong safety at Washington State University. Washington State University, okay.
1: Cougars? Yep. Yeah, yeah yes, Cougars. Cougars, I guess. Like so, go Cougs. <laughs> we have a team down here in University of Houston, the Cougars, and they could not make it to yes, the final exactly. four. So, all right. So, as a Division One college athlete, what are some of the lessons you learned that that you've taken and translated into your business life?
3: Oh, I would say... You know, again, sports was a large part of my life growing up, and it still is, honestly. Even though I'm starting to become more old and broken than I would, (laughs) (laughs) than I than I care to admit, but but it's really kind of shaped the way that I approach any situation, and I think that kind of comes into the core values that we that we hold as a group, as well as. You know whether you played sports or you didn't you know i'm grateful for the sports that taught me you know so many of those core characteristics that i hold you know one of those being grit that grit that determination the perseverance to to work past you know physical mental pain and and i would say honestly the one of the number one lessons that i've learned is that it it so much extends everything so much extends beyond the physical especially in the work in workplace, it is much more mental. And I would say that the that sports is absolutely the same. There is a very physical aspect to every sport. However, the mentality to be able to carry through, to continually check yourself, to really introspectively look and see what am I doing right and what am I doing wrong? What do I do well? What do I not do well? both in a in an individual and a team sport. You know, so those, those are very, very much characteristics that, that I've learned. And I, I will say that I appreciate probably more than even the physical, you know, developments that, that I've, that I've been able to achieve the mental aspect of it. The psychological, you know, lessons or characteristics have been probably more of the achievement that I appreciate today in business.
1: And you said something too, that makes a lot of sense. Business is a team sport. Right. So yeah. you're used to team sports, right? You weren't a triathlete, you were a, a college football player. And if somebody didn't do their job, you, they, you know, the team might lose, right? Like you have to do your job. Don't try to do too much Just stay in your lane type stuff. And I think that's really important to know, like your team, if you listen to this and you're a property manager and you're supervising people or you're a property management owner, a company owner, the team is really, really important. And so training, yeah, them and, and I, getting those A players I, becomes important. I agree, especially within that
3: a team, that a team is critical in the cohesion. You know, you have to be a cohesive group and play as one. And, and I would say that that very much is a principle that, that aligns as a parallel with business as well Is That from the CEO all the way down to the janitor, you know, it is, it is no matter of importance, it's just a matter of difference. And everybody whole who holds any different type of role is much more lateral than they are vertical. Because the hierarchy that, you know, is necessary, especially within an org chart has to do with more role and responsibility, accountability versus it being importance. Every, I, we believe ultimately that every role is important. It's just different. And so, you know, none is, none is more important than the other. Because if you didn't have any particular role fulfilled, then the company would suffer. And likewise, the other teammates would suffer. So you could have, you know, a hot shot. You know, players on a team, but as we see also in sports, you know a, a team that is that is comprised of the best of athletes who have the the most dominant physical you know characteristics don't always you know win the national championship. They don't always take home the title because really the team aspect of it and working together is it will carry you the distance more than it will more than the physical. Talent, and I would say that that is very much true to the skill sets that people hold within various positions of the company. It's not necessarily about the position or the skill set; it's about the people who are willing to work together and really, you know, integrate together and, and collaborate as a team.
1: That even goes back to what's the vision, what's this plan, how do you get there, what's the roadmap, right? Your job as COO is to build that map. Now, absolutely, you've been coached your whole your whole life as an athlete. Where do you fall on the on the coaching, you know, for your business? Do you guys have a coach? Have you had a coach? Do you believe in coaching? What's your what's your take?
3: Well, absolutely. I believe coaches are, you know, a fundamental part of your growth as well. Because, you know, where else are you going to, you know, have any sort of reprimand? You know, or, you know, a lot of times we don't know what we don't know and we can't see oftentimes what we you can't see. Can't be. see
1: through the weeds, right? We're in the weeds. Exactly. And the coach is a little bit higher yeah. up.
3: Yeah. And I, and I will say that that's, that's oftentimes where we rely, especially a lot of our leadership as well, even as a co-founding group too, we, we, that's where we often believe that, that ego has no place. You know, we kind of work, operate on a standing rule that any, any time we enter a meeting, ego is left at the door. And, and that's very necessary because it, it hurts to, to, you know, have your shortcomings. Easy uh, to say, not easy to do. Exactly. Easy to say, (laughs) not easy to do. so yeah. I'd say that a lot of the coaching you know, that we have had also has come as an inner group, as a collective, but also we've leaned a lot on those who have been, you know, our networks as well, those who have come before us. And we very much appreciate those other co-founding groups, those other entrepreneurs who have been there, done that. And we, we appreciate their mar- mentorship as well. And so I'd say that, that if you are, find yourself in that group at, rely and build that your network to with those other people who have have come before you to, to really learn and understand. So maybe the mistakes that they made are mistakes that you don't have to make, you know, in the end.
1: Yeah. At empire, not only was Steve and I, the co-founders being coached, but we actually started having our team coached. And so we'd have a coach for our team. And I think it's important that everybody in the organization get some kind of mentorship, coaching, uh, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, I'm a big believer in it. I figured you were being coached yeah. as a, as a division one <laughs> college athlete. All right, Justin, we're going to take a quick break and it will be right back for the, whoosh, the lightning round. We'll put you on a hot seat. We'll be right back.
0: All right. Create the best move in experience for your resident or homeowner.
3: Citizen home solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white-glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities. But more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com.
2: Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant, but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistants for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part, VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, Property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program. Starting at just $5 per door, you can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations like bed bugs and cockroaches. And the debate over who pays for pest control, while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at PestShare.com forward slash property managers.
1: All right, welcome back, everybody. We have Justin Clement here, COO of PestShare, the orange shoe gurus. And he is getting ready to be in the lightning round. Are you ready, buddy?
3: ready as I'll ever be. (laughs) All
1: right. What is one piece of advice you would give someone just starting out in business?
3: Oh, man, you're starting off with that already, huh?
1: Starting off with the big one.
3: You know, honestly, I would say approach anything and everything that you do starting out with humility. Because honestly, there's those core characteristics and really embrace what you do well. And and then find your complement for what you don't do well. And I think that that is one thing that I have also learned to embrace is is operating on compliments, not necessarily compliments. And I, I've said that you know several times prior, but the, your compliment as opposed to operating on you know praise or compliments where it may or may not be necessary. And I think that that's kind of one of the one of the key one of the one of the key characteristics that I would say is humility and really honing in on that passion. And I think that that will kind of carry you through all of the, the ebbs and flows that any entrepreneur goes through when they, they start out
1: early on. I thought you're going to go with grit. Come on, man. I just talked about it. No, I'm just hey, kidding. I'm you kidding. Know I'm what?
3: kidding. It, it, <laughs> that too. Very much, I mean, there are so many other aspects yeah. to it, but, uh, uh, but I'd say as, as a core, honestly, like being able to really embrace that it, and really just persevere that grit is absolutely necessary because, you know, grit's going to determine whether or not you're going to push through the low times, the hard times, the dip, you know, Agreed. and, uh, still.
1: do you use virtual assistants?
3: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Does pineapple belong on pizza? No. What was your first job?
3: My first job was a wheat truck driver
1: for a family friend. Wheat truck driver. Okay, nice. Yeah. What is your ideal vacation?
3: Relaxation on a beach somewhere in Kokomo, maybe Bermuda or Bahamas, you know. All right, I would have ta- taken you
1: for a hunting vacation. <laughs> All right, you went the other way. You
3: know, hey, that's that's more work, and I love it for its own realm, but, you know, <laughs> give me some peace and relaxation, and I'm there.
1: What Disney character do you most associate with? Oh, that's a tough one disney character i find it funny that this one stumps people the most <laughs> that it is
3: it's hard because I, you know and i should know too because we watch disney movies all the time i mean we have a lot of young kids so that should that should come a little bit easier you know what honestly i would probably have to say that i probably relate to aladdin aladdin in many cases because
1: your kids are always asking for for miracles and you uh, make them happen
3: (laughs) yeah right (laughs) (laughs) not the genie but aladdin (laughs) Uh, Aladdin
1: not the genie got it all right so it just shows you i don't have any young kids i don't what is what is something that most people do not know about you can't say football player anymore in division one because i just told everybody that one so Uh,
3: i would probably have to say that i was born in germany okay Yeah, and that I was run over by a car when I was three years old and squeaked through. So yeah,
1: sprechen Deutsch?
3: I don't know. Me neither. That's all I know. Military. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) what is one challenge you're facing currently in your business?
3: I would say one challenge that we face currently is connecting all of our processes across departments. I would say that's kind of one of the one of the core things that we've been working on lately, especially at the growth scale that we've been, you know, moving and approaching. It's so important for us to continue to connect every part of the departments. And that's kind of one of the challenges right now that we're working through.
1: What do you prefer dogs or cats? Dogs. All right, Justin, if somebody wanted to learn more about PestShare or wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way to get, to get you?
3: PestShare.com slash property managers, that is the best way. Or they can snag us at our booth at uh, any NARPM conference. We're always there. You'll see us in the orange shoes, if if anything else. So we're we're quite noticeable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening to this and you're not a NARPM member and you'd like to join, please go to narpm.org or call them at 800-782-3452. And if you want to be like Justin and have virtual assistants that work for your company, please think about VPM Solutions. Go to VPM, Virtual Property Management Solutions.com, or you can reach out to me, Pete at VPM Solutions.com. Justin, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you, man.
3: Thanks, Pete. Always a pleasure.
0: This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers. The recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org.